0: What's up everybody? It's your host, Brooke Saborin, aka You Girl Middle Child Lives, and this week on Storytime Behind the Channel, I interviewed Chef Grace for NASA. Chef Grace is a very well-traveled chef, and she is trained in classical pastry, but she also is a flight attendant, so there's actually a very interesting story there. I'll let her tell you all about it. So, without further ado, here's Chef Grace. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, everybody. Today I'm here with Chef Grace from Chef Grace's Place and I will let her introduce herself. Grace, hello, thanks for joining us. Would you like to tell the audience
1: about yourself? I'm Grace. (laughs) uh, Chef Grace's Place is a YouTube uh, channel all about food. Um, I am actually a chef, but I'm not like working in a kitchen now. I went, I got my bachelor's in French pastry and I kind of worked the fine dining scene until I got burned out and then I decided how am I gonna see the world and eat all the food in it and live like Anthony Bourdain so I decided to become a flight attendant (laughs) and I was lucky that my uh, first airline was all international so I really got to see a lot of Europe um, and more of America actually and then um, and thailand was also pretty cool but uh during the pandemic because my airline was all international uh they went out of business so uh during the pandemic i kind of started realizing how disconnected people were from their food i had a neighbor that was on their way to the dumpster with like a like a case full of yellow summer squash that was about to go bad because we didn't know how to cook it and that's kind of when I decide excuse me when I decided to um start the channel and I was like you know we need to learn more about our food um and ever since then I've been not just doing the cooking because I think cooking videos kind of bring people into, like, draw people in because everyone's looking for cooking videos, but I really want to help people understand, you know, what is good food? What you, not necessarily like, you should eat this or that, but like, you know, more about the industrial food complex and why it's bad (laughs) and uh, how you can grow your own food and talking to experts in different aspects of the food industry and then just, you know, some fun stuff on the side.
0: Heck yeah. Uh, question for you. Do you no. know the YouTuber Dewey Dewey Doop?
1: No, I don't.
0: Oh my gosh. She is she started as like um like a food YouTuber but more of like eating food, like traveling eating. But now she owns her own restaurant with all of the food or not all of it, but a majority of the food, especially the produce that they serve, is grown on the rooftop by them which is so cool. You should totally look her up because you would be so inspired. But we'll get more into that in a little bit. But to start, I have a little bit of a trivia uh, trivia game for you if you want to play that with me.
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: For those of you who don't know, every trivia game is written specifically for our guests. So today we have food trivia, or chef trivia, I don't know, doesn't have a real name, it's made up. <laughs> so I have five questions for you, ready? Alright. I will start easy for you. Which one of these is not a vegetable, olive, kale, broccoli, or radish?
1: I mean, technically there is no such thing as a vegetable, it's just something we make up. <laughs>
0: Uh, oh gosh <laughs> I'm gonna go with olive Because it's the
1: fruit of
0: plant Yes, yes The answer in this trivia is olive <laughs> I am dead Vegetables are made up, huh? I'm about to earmark that for my co-host To get into at the end of the show <laughs> My next question is What is the English translation of sous
1: I'm actually not sure. I know what a sous-vide is and does, but I don't know what it translates to in English.
0: It it translates to under vacuum.
1: That makes sense.
0: I guess, because <laughs> I know sous means under, right? And that's all, so... <laughs> uh, okay, next question. How many folds are in a chef's hat?
1: Uh, I used to have to know this but they represent all the ways to cook an egg.
0: Yes! But how many are there? They are. I think that this number is hypothetical, but there are a hundred pleats in the chef hat. And I have a hard time believing that there are a hundred ways to cook an egg, but like, you know, go off.
1: hundred ways to cook an egg. There might be more than a hundred.
0: Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll give it to you because you you would definitely know more than me. But actually, my next question was why like why they have 100 and you got it right. So good job. (laughs) This last question is so surprising to me, at least. Where did Michelin stars get their name?
1: Michelin guide. Tiger.
0: Yes. Yeah, okay, which is so weird to me. I was like, really? It's all a ploy for advertising. Oh, yeah, it's,
1: it's so political. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, of course, there is a certain level of, like, um, cooking that, and, and service, not just cooking. Like, a lot of people don't realize, like, the front of the house is just as hard as the back of the house when it comes to Michelin stars and stuff. But, um, you know, it's... uh, Once you get to a certain level, everyone is just as good as everyone, and then the politics kick in, you know?
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Have you ever dined or worked in Michelin star
1: restaurants? Uh, Yes. Um, And... You really, you really see like, you know, the levels and differences are so, like, obscure, you know, like you can't. It's like so subjective. Once you get to a certain level.
0: That's fair. It's I more about the theatrics, or is it more uh, about the food?
1: Honestly, it's probably more about who you know. Okay. Sure. Um. I see. There's a reason why that it's not, it's it's very political. Um, and a lot of it also comes down to like, you know, how you're only as good as your last service is something they say in the restaurant industry. So if you're just having an off day and that's the day that the guy comes in to dine at your restaurant, like, you know, yeah. that's the difference between having a star and not having a star. So... And also, there's just other, you know, then you also have, like, the the San Pellegrino list of the 100 best restaurants. Um, that's, like, a big thing. Oh,
0: is, I actually didn't even know that existed. Shoot. But that is not, what I'm hearing is that is not a reflection of who's the best or who's got the best food.
1: <laughs> it's definitely a reflection of, like... What, what you can expect you know like you're if you go to 100 best you expect to have something good but actually a, um, preb- a recent example that uh, just happened to me was um, I'm going to Norway like you know every week <laughs> last month I was on weekdays and this way thank god I'm on weekends because I was getting burnt out but the um, last month or so I went this place uh him cook which is on the 50 best bar list in the world in the entire world okay and um the first time i went i mean my drink was excellent and it was like it was it was a sage drink and it was crystal clear including Mm. the ice it had this long rod of ice down the center and you didn't even know until you started drinking the drink and you revealed the ice because it was invisible ice and it was a crystal clear drink it was amazing Mm -hmm. and the flavor was phenomenal but my friend I went with it was her drink was not very good like and it's like you're paying 20 bucks for this drink (laughs) like it better be good and if you're on the 50 best in the world like the service better be impeccable and I was very the first time the service was like okay and we were just glad to get in because it was like a saturday night and they don't allow people to like stand around you have to have a seat so there were just two seats open. Really lucky but then the second time i went it was like it was maybe like a tuesday or wednesday and um it was half empty but when i walked in i had to like go find somebody like, I was standing there for, like, 15 minutes. Like, you're the 50 best in the world, and I got to go Whoa. like, buddy? Like, get yeah. Oh, gosh.
0: Off day. You're only as best as your last service.
1: Exactly. Oh. Like, yeah. And then I didn't like my drink, and my friend loved her drink. So now we're, like, 50-50. I'm like, I don't think.
0: You're like, are we going
1: back? Probably not. <laughs> Probably
0: not. I Doo did.
1: But it wasn't as expensive as I thought it was going to be. Like, I mean, twenty dollars a drink is like, you know, New York prices. But if you if you're thinking like fifty best in the world, like that's not that bad. Mhm. yeah, people.
0: yeah. We um even our little dive bars here in Charleston, they are selling their drinks at a pretty penny. So twenty dollars. I mean, that is expensive for a drink. Let's not be. Yeah. That's not a joke, but for a 50 best, I wouldn't be too mad either. Shoot. So you are a classically trained French pastry chef. And uh, is that where like your whole journey started or before you even went to school for that? Were you so interested in food? And did you have like being a chef or even a pastry chef for that matter as a career choice in mind?
1: I always wanted to be a chef. Um, I definitely had a complicated relationship with food. My my father drank himself to death when I was a kid. And um, I wanted to be a chef before that happened. I was about 14. And after that, he was the cook in the family. And obviously, the food was good, because he was drunk all the time. (laughs) But um, the, you know, after that, we didn't really cook much, and, um, you know, my my stepfather wound up being a business eater. I had to hide a lot of food under my bed, so I wasn't getting a lot of fresh food. Um, I was under a lot of stress, so I had really bad irritable, irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> um, and then my mother didn't really eat that much. Like, uh, you know, she always struggles with... Uh, like body dysmorphia. You know, I feel like a lot of women of that generation they were always on like the new fad diet in like women's mm-hmm. magazine or whatever, like cottage cheese and all the toast nonsense. So, uh I wound up I took cooking in high school because I wanted to be a chef, but also because um you got to eat whatever you made in class. So, <laughs> perfect. That's Um, why
0: I took cooking in high school as well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And also... And we didn't have
0: good food at home, never.
1: (laughs) And um, I was lucky, too, that uh, I grew up in a really Italian town. So a lot of my friends' parents and um, grandparents and stuff, they would let me be in the kitchen and, like, learn. They're like, oh, you know, Gracie wants to be a chef, like. Come over here. Come, you know what I mean. Come look at this.
0: Yes. Um, you know,
1: I got to do uh, like there's a yearly like canning of tomatoes. Basically, <laughs> I got to do that. I got to do. Yes. Um, you know, I, I was very lucky to have a, a community around me. Um, and then also with uh, me and my brother are highly competitive in jujitsu, so that's a whole nother thing too when you think about like weight cutting and. Um, that kind of thing so we were into like the nutrition part of it even though our nutrition was terrible (laughs) you know we um we were aware of it you know so it was a different and then i want i went to pastry school right out of high school um and that's where i actually got involved with um the slow food movement because my friend erica was a part of the chapter and that's where I learned about, like, organic and, you know, GMOs and regenerative farming and stuff like that, which I didn't really get even more into until I started flying and learning about all the different laws in other countries and how they're not allowed to eat certain things and put stuff in the food and it was just like, you know, it's like super watching Super Size Me for the first time all over again.
0: Oh, God. Before you move on, can you tell us what the Slow, the slow Food Movement is?
1: So the Slow Food Movement um, is basically, it's kind of like a partnership between, or it was. I honestly don't even, I haven't looked into it in such a long time that I'm not even sure if it's still an organization. <laughs> but... Uh we had a chapter. I went to the restaurant school in uh Philadelphia, and it was um we had like a college chapter chap yeah college chapter of it, and it was um basically getting uh chefs involved with like straight to farmer type things so like-
0: yes nice
1: so that was really cool, so I did a joint. I was also part of the honor society in college, and um, we did like a. Uh, it was kind of like a. Home, homeless type, situ like a recovery type situation, um like halfway house style thing,
0: where okay. we taught
1: these uh people staying there how to cook. Or wait, mm. that was something different. Maybe it was a homeless shelter. We basically got all the food from uh, Preston's Paradise. It was called, but it was like a organic farming thing, and we made like organic food for everyone. That was pretty cool.
0: Uh, that is awesome. Nice. That was um, time. all right. So, ha- I had just had to get the inside scoop on that. And then, then what happened?
1: Um, so then I graduated um, salutatorian for my associates and bachelors and um, I wound up working um, a bunch of fine dining restaurants and then um, I broke up with my boyfriend at the time and then I moved back to New Jersey and I was helping this guy open a food truck. And that didn't work out. Cool!
0: I've helped open a food truck mm-hmm. too! Yes! sweet
1: it was uh you know it's an experience you get everything in writing it was my experience (laughs) oh no (laughs) and then um i worked with my my cousin's like cupcake shop for a while and then um i worked another like fine dining job in new york city and i was like i got like so burnt out And I was just like, "Um, fuck this, I'm (laughs) going to become a flight attendant. But um, (laughs) I started applying then, and then I found this other job to teach. Um, And that's when I was teaching, uh, that was at Eva's Village. So it was like people coming out of halfway houses and homeless and uh, people addicted to drugs and stuff. Um, How to cook, to get a job, to you know, go back into the workforce, but um, I mean, on its merit, it's a good idea to train someone to have a job, but unfortunately, you know, the industry doesn't pay enough to live off of, so if you're trying to get um, people back on their feet, like, people need a living wage. When you put in 40 hours of work, you deserve a living wage, you know? And that's just not the case. in
0: thousand percent. Well,
1: yeah. Even in my job right now, it's not the case. So, <laughs> um, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my
0: <laughs> gosh. For real.
1: <laughs> um, so that's when I decided... Uh, well, I was teaching and then at Eva's Village and then um, the brand Newman's Own started by Paul Newman. The... Um, The CEO retired and they gave him half a million dollars to uh, donate to whatever charity he wanted to do. And he donated to us to start a cooking and brownie business. Let's go. Five of my students. And then the money was like split up in two parts. And when they got the second half, they uh, fired us all and took the money.
0: oh wow they
1: said they were gonna like outsource the cooking and i'm like well that's not really the point of this and also <laughs> all those people like pretty much went back on drugs Aww.
0: oh my gosh
1: so that was like the second time i put it in my that's... heart everything and i was like just totally devastated um and that's when i was like fuck this i'm gonna apply to become v- a flight attendant again um and then i got a job with norwegian so oh my
0: gosh was, you know okay that
1: Big, big that
0: thing. story made me sick to my stomach oh my
1: gosh yeah there's, Jeez. there's corruption and um not even just corruption just you think when you think about like non-profit charities like you think oh we're helping people but like right so much <sighs> of that shit just goes to the people that like work there like it's just it's kind of like you know a lot of things in our government where you th- would think like you know firefighters and policemen would get paid more but then it goes to some fucking bureaucrat
0: you know literally oh it's my great. gosh it's the same thing. meanwhile i was just telling my husband all the three jobs that i feel like are the ones I'm the most thankful for, because they do not get paid enough for what they do, it's uh soldiers, truck drivers, and teachers,
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> they are foundational, and they are not getting what they need <laughs> yeah,
1: and the soldiers like my my ex boyfriend was in the army um during Iraq and Afghanistan, and he was you know, he's so fucked up. Um, and the, the VA does not have enough resources to help people like him. And then it's mm-hmm. so hard for them to get the help because the requirements to get the help, it's like, for someone who's been through such traumatic things, like, when you go, it's, it's uh, called your DD-214, it's like the form. And when you go, you have to, like, basically go and get a percentage. So they go over like everything you did in your service and stuff, but just the act of doing that is so traumatic that a lot of people, they don't even get through it and they don't have a support system for that. And that's how you get like, you know, if they don't go through that and they don't get their rating for their disability, they don't get the help. They don't get that that healthcare and stuff that it was like, you put your life on the line You're supposed to get this. Um, And, you know, that's how we have so many, like, homeless veterans and stuff like that, because...
0: And veterans killing themselves?
1: Yeah, I mean, even them have... They've gone through that process, but the other thing is they're just... The VA itself, Veterans Affairs, is so backed up, and it's also, you know, the same thing. You have, like, the social workers getting paid nothing, and then you have you know, what, like, mm-hmm. like, then the the rest of the money is going to making, like, the other parts of the military to, like, you know, third-party weapons manufacturers, you know? Um.
0: And then we say screw you to the people who literally changed the rest of their entire lives or lost them. Well, we can't do anything for them at this point, but changed the rest of their entire lives, being traumatized having to leave their family, changing the dynamic forever, and they come back and they get nothing. Like, I can't even, that makes me sick. But <laughs> I actually have a question for you about that. So um, there's this sh- docu-series, I think it's made by Vice, called Kit. Have you ever heard of it? No. Okay, it's like, um, it's really great. I can't even remember his name. It's Krishna something, is the host. And he, um, every episode has like a different topic. And one of them actually covered, I don't even know how to describe it, but like the drugs that the VA prescribes and like the over drugging of veterans. And then they talked about, um, how cannabis is totally replacing all of those, um, like drugs for PTSD, depression, all of those. And they're like f- right now fighting to be able to have access to cannabis medically because veterans are not currently. Um, so my question to you is you told me off camera that cooking with cannabis is something that you do and it's one of your expertise expertise. And I was wondering if you've ever like thought about going into um, Working with veterans.
1: That's exactly how I got started. Anything with marijuana. I mean, the first time I smoked pot was with my ex-boyfriend.
0: Oh!
1: And, it, you know, they would smoke because of the, you know, the insane, like, the night terrors they would have and stuff. Um, When I was with him for a while, they had put him on this, um, like, it was like a blood pressure medication. But he was totally... And basically, like, if you lower your blood pressure, you don't dream, basically. But...
0: Oh, so they were just trying to drug the dreams out of him?
1: Yeah, so he could sleep. But he looked—he okay. was just, like, a zombie. Like, it, you could tell, like, he wasn't really, like, rested. It was just... He was, he was explaining it like someone had just turned him off. But he didn't feel, like, that he slept.
0: So he just like powered down, and then all of a sudden was like powered back on.
1: Yeah. So he was just oh all the time. Um, and that sounds
0: like hell.
1: Yeah, and he was, um, you know, he was like hyper vigilant, and he he had a lot of things he needed to work on. But I feel like uh, he didn't really start going to the to do his whole process until we started dating. And, um, you know, he would tell me like, he would smoke a lot. And I think cannabis is great, but it's not a magic pill. It's not, you know, cannabis can be used um, like a drug, like any drug, it can be used as a crutch. Anything can really be used as a crutch to avoid your problems. Um, i feel like at that time that's what he was doing he seems to be better now but um we don't have the drugs that they want like that work for them if they're not able to use them legally then they're not gonna they're gonna go for the drug and then say well i can't do this i can't smoke this weed and then also get to go to the VA hospital and use those benefits because if they find out I'm using cannabis, then I'm in trouble for it. So a lot of people would just opt not to go and smoke weed. So then you have like the temporary alleviation of some of the symptoms, but then you never work the rest of it out.
0: Because you literally can't. You're not even allowed at that point.
1: Yeah. um, And that's, like, even more impressive than what's going on with cannabis in that area is um, what's going on with mushrooms. We heard about MAPS, and we heard about, like, the things they were doing, but it just seemed like such a pipe dream of, like, (laughs) any of that. Wait,
0: you heard about what? What is that?
1: Uh, MAPS is, like, a program... Where they're basically using uh, like microdosing of mushrooms. Like that whole fad, um, like, you know, Joe Rogan's all about it and all that shit. um, With the mushrooms comes from um, this program where I'm gonna butcher it a little bit, but basically, um, this guy is using mushrooms to treat veterans um, with post traumatic stress. And that's helping getting um, them off like the drug schedule. So. Oh. But it seems it seems to be working better, even better than cannabis.
0: We love that. Yes. So I, you said that that's how you got into working with cannabis, but I don't think you mentioned like how you did.
1: Oh, so they were. Um, You know, they were smoking so much uh, because it was him and then he had a lot of, like, a lot of buddies, you know? Yeah. I realized, like, they had all the same symptoms of, like, a smoker. So they had the they were getting, like, the yellow teeth, the smoker's cough, you know, that kind of stuff. Because it doesn't matter what you smoke, it's smoke inhalation. (laughs) It's
0: going into the lungs. (laughs) (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Um, so that's when I'm like, well... You know, and I didn't realize at that time that when you eat it, it turns into a different chemical. It turns into a hallucinogen. Um, it's a different high. So a lot of them still prefer to smoke, but I started making, like, uh, small things, like chocolates and, um, of course, brownies and stuff. But I'm also in college, so I just needed some money <laughs> to- <laughs> But it wasn't okay. like- It wasn't, like, all the strains. We would experiment with strains and stuff because his buddy grew it. But, um, you know, a lot of it was probably, like, we didn't know back then about uh, CBD. We knew, like, you know, we knew, like, indica, sativa. Yeah,
0: the psychoactives.
1: Yeah, we knew, like, okay, this one's for calming you down. This one's for, you know, perking you up. But we didn't really know, like anything besides like THC so mm-hmm. that was uh, a learning curve over the years
0: <laughs> I love CBD by the way yeah. I am so pro CBD mm-hmm. so good
1: so it was yeah I basically uh I but I wound up stop I stopped doing it I started watching uh it was on like Breaking Bad was big oh okay But I got so paranoid, I was like, watching
0: the show. No, for real, I would too. Oh my
1: god. (laughs) I was like, alright, I'm gonna stop watching Breaking Bad for a while and then... (laughs) No,
0: seriously, that's hilarious. Um, So do you do it at all anymore?
1: No, I can't, um, because I'm working as a flight attendant. So since it's a federally uh, scheduled one drug, uh, I can't do it.
0: Oh, okay. Um, I see.
1: You know, worst things
0: will change.
1: I hope so. I did. We find, are confident. Um, but I am currently. I I published it through this. Uh, I guess like, print-on-demand service from Ingram Spark, which is like a. It's part of like a bigger publishing house, but I was. It's just I I had set it up through a different email account because I was trying to create like a separate business and I um I just couldn't get into that email account anymore. But <laughs> so I've been trying to prove that like that that's me, that's my book and it's like every time you try to post a person from India. So I can't get it like republished. I'm just trying to figure that out.
0: Oh, um, that sucks.
1: Yeah, so it says it's like out of stock on Amazon, but it's not. It's just that I can't get in touch with anyone that will fix my problem.
0: <laughs> and you can't just republish it because it pretty much already exists, right?
1: Yeah, it has its own like uh, books have their own like ISBN number, which is like the social security number, basically. And it has it in both, like like the ebook has a different ISBN as like the hardcover book is the softcover book. So, and when I started it, I was, yeah, I worked very hard on it and um, I had to learn like, I learned how to use like Adobe InDesign to like, I did everything myself um, and like all the pictures and everything. And then when I was like, all right, I'm going to advertise it through like Instagram and Facebook, and they shut down my account because they said I was trying to sell drugs. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile... They have
0: been better about that now, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: meanwhile, uh, Seth Rogen, I'm literally getting, like... Uh, like Houseplant. Houseplant?
0: Yes, totally. <laughs>
1: it's just actual weed, and I'm just trying to sell a fucking book. Literally. And they're like, <laughs> and they're like this is drugs. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's not... And it took, So like,
0: true.
1: Till the pandemic. They published it in 2018. And it took until, like, two years and a couple months for them to unban me on Facebook ads. Wow. So, like, because you, like, can claim against it, but it's, like, the computer. So it took them two years to, like, get to my claim.
0: Love that. <laughs> what is the book called again?
1: Uh It's called The Verde Cooks, so Green Cooks
0: oh yeah
1: get monetized on uh, Chef grace's place
0: (laughs) speaking of chef's grace's place i wanted to ask you what that is and what was the conception like
1: so the conception was uh the pandemic i haven't been posting as much just because it's um, i try to post once a week just to kind of like stay in the algorithms favor kind of mm-hmm. um with the shorts but it's um you know i want to do more of a podcast i i'm gonna actually be interviewing one of the first people i interviewed um next week so that will probably come out in two weeks um but, uh, the podcast is all about anything to do with food. So, uh, this, uh, lady, actually, uh, she, she started out with a cooking channel during the pandemic, just like me. And then she decided to start, she got really interested in, uh, like, dinnerware, like pottery and stuff. Um and then she kind of disappeared and i was like hey what happened and then all of a sudden she was in norway last month and i was like i'm in norway all the time like (laughs) let's meet up so i met up with her and it turned out her and her husband sold everything and decided to uh paraglide around the world Um, wow spicy yeah so i'm gonna talk to her and uh see what she's cooking in the airbnbs and how uh paragliding's going so it's going to be fun mm. um, but hopefully i'm going to be able to do uh, more interviews like traveling so
0: is- oh yeah with your new microphone and yeah, the amazing. concept of your podcast is so awesome i love it i just yesterday listened to the one where you talked to the canning expert because that is something that I really would love to get into. I've helped people can before. I did like the white people's version of the yearly (laughs) tomato canning that you were talking about. We did like carrots and stuff from the garden. It was so fun. So that was really cool to listen to. And I sent it along to some of my canning family. So that was such a cool
1: interview. I, so I awesome my, uh banana ketchup like that sounds so interesting my most recent I think fasc- like fascination um I interviewed a a forager a, a while ago still probably one of my favorite interviews I learned a lot and I think he's gonna come back on again but now that I'm traveling to all these different countries I'm like obsessed I've got this like app where I can identify. Plants, like, take a picture of them.
0: Stop. (laughs) Um, Okay, I'm also getting into foraging, and I've uh, spent like the past year learning how to find mushrooms, so I'm definitely gonna be listening to that one as well, that episode.
1: That's like, I'm still very nervous to like try to forage mushrooms.
0: Oh, well, there are like ways to figure out if it's okay or not. Are you afraid because you don't know if you're gonna die? Yeah. Oh, no. But even sometimes with some mushrooms, you can do like even a taste test. And it's not even dangerous. So as long as you're doing... Uh, yeah, I mean, you already know. Who am I to tell
1: you? Poisonous, you know what
0: I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I haven't eaten a single mushroom I found so far. But I'm really good at finding them now. So that's the first step. <laughs>
1: Sorry, I was... Uh out in my garden, and maybe you might want to, like, look this up. I saw the craziest mushroom. It's called a bird's nest mushroom.
0: Have
1: you ever heard of that? No. I'm
0: going to look up a picture.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they look like tiny little eggs, like, or, like, almost, like, big pieces of styrofoam, like, clumped together, but then when they, uh, to release their spores, basically they explode, and there's, um... Like a bunch of little seeds in them and so it looks like an egg cracked open with like a little like a nest with little <gasps> seeds in them
0: oh um, stop they look what? so cool yeah
1: <laughs> i saw that in my like garden and i was like the fuck
0: <laughs> whoa that looks awesome oh i love those already those are awesome i love mushrooms they're just so amazing to me they just pop up Okay, so before I found you and started watching your content and stuff, I had no idea what a gastronomic tour was, like, before that. So I just have this feeling that other people might not either. Can you please tell us, like, what that is, first of all, and why you love them?
1: (laughs) Well, I'm always, like, trying to figure out... Gastronomic is basically just, like, food tour. Like, <laughs> this. Uh, it's a fancy way to say food tour, but I was just trying to think of, like, keywords that, like, someone that likes food tours would, besides food tour, like, yeah, that would show up in that algorithm. Because
0: <laughs> anybody could look up food tour, like me. I would be like, I... I want to see food tour, but someone who knows food, they're like, what is the gastronomic tour? they exactly.
1: <laughs> of like to see this region, you know?
0: Yes. Okay, so do you do that a whole lot? Like, every time you travel, is that something that you like to do?
1: Yeah, I'm definitely the person. So, I travel, um, I'm a flight attendant, and our crew is, it's usually eight people. Um, we have pilots, but um, right now it's kind of like the pilots are all European so when we get to Norway they go home and when we get to the U.S. they have their layover. Um, so basically I'm like that person that is always looking up the new restaurant and I'm like, hey, you guys want to go? Like, So, um, I have like, I, I mean that particular video um, one of the guys I work with, Eddie, he brought his husband on the trip and they asked uh, Check the GPT to create just, like, a regular, like, sightseeing tour for them. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Like, I'm going to ask it to make a food tour for me. Which uh, was so cool. Which was cool because it helped me, like, learn about different uh, restaurants and stuff, but it was... It was very interesting to see how, like, the technology isn't wasn't as advanced as I thought it was going to be. Um, it didn't
0: really find the best spots. It was just, like, here are the spots.
1: Well, it wasn't that. It just, like, I put in the date, and I didn't realize, okay, that's a Sunday. So these mm. places I put on the tour aren't going to be open. Like, things like that. Or then, you know, I put in walking tour and they're like you know four or five miles apart <laughs> like I don't know the computer does not know how much it's I a,
0: this day. one for breakfast and then walk until it's lunchtime exactly. <laughs> 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 I'm dead. So I that is up so up cool and though
1: like, kind of like p- pick it like okay this neighborhood which was uh, Grunerlaka, which is still one of my favorite neighborhoods in Norway, and it re- led me to my, my favorite bar in Norway, um, which I can barely say, uh, it's a Jelen Skousk, microbrewery. Um, good, been-
0: nicely done.
1: <laughs> Actually, in the video, I just like, had the computer say <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, I can't. Um, I've been practicing, and that's still not good. <laughs>
0: That's too funny. What's your favorite Norwegian street food?
1: The thing is, um, Norwegian food is a lot like British food, where right? it's terrible. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean like as The thing is like they're they were like a poor fishing country for the longest time. Like now they're very rich because they have oil and stuff. Um, So the food was, it was, reminds me of like my, the Irish side of my family, like you just boil it until you can eat it. Um, But that said, now that they have had more influences from other parts of the world, the ingredients that they have are great. And they've been using kind of cooking techniques from all over now to showcase that, kind of like they did in Copenhagen with Noma um so there are very good like restaurants and stuff now but you know most people are eating indian food and italian food it seems like they're in mexican yeah no, oh uh, in
0: norway oh in norway
1: <laughs> the Mexican okay. food is uh not that great i feel like and they don't it's really interesting the amount of south american immigrants they have um, is getting like a lot higher. Um, wow! I brought my boyfriend with me last week, and he's a um, first generation Dominican. So, we a, you know, it's good to have a Spanish speaker around. <laughs> but, For uh, sure. When I go there, it reminds me of like early two thousands America. Like they're having like you know like El Paso Taco Night. You know like.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cute. <laughs> uh, They're expanding uh, past potatoes.
1: Yeah. But it's just uh, it's so funny to see like the like there's definitely like a lag you know, but they're definitely importing a lot of their culture from America. Yeah. But a lot of parts of their culture we need to import here, so. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Agreed.
1: (laughs) You go there and it's you barely I think you see like you barely see a fat person like it's crazy like, Huh. everyone's that's interesting and it's part of the culture like there's there's a separate lane for like bicycles
0: I was just gonna say I bet People, they get to bike everywhere
1: <laughs> yeah uh, well but they you see them running you know it's so part of the culture and I think when it's you know right now it's light out for like ever Um, but we're gonna come up on the months where it's dark out forever Oh yeah. but you really have to be on top of your mental health and a lot of that is your physical health you know yeah uh, one thing I'm really getting into over there I bought a membership (laughs) is uh, the saunas you um you actually, you go into a sauna and then you jump into the fjord, which is like a river flowing through the mountains. Um, oh, wow. It's going to start... It's nice now, but they're telling me, like, you know, middle of September, this water's going to be a lot colder. It's
0: going to be cold. Oh, my gosh. And what what's the purpose of that? Just curious. Why would you do sauna to river?
1: <laughs> well, uh, the... Like cold exposure and the heat shock and everything is—it's um, very good for your cardiovascular health. Um, and it's like sauna has like an overall—it um, basically like helps you live longer by like eighteen percent.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah,
1: which is which <laughs> is, and it's just, it the feeling is like, it's like the fr- like the first time you do it, it's like you're on drugs. Like it's like. <laughs> yourself <laughs> because you're <they're>, tripping out <laughs> you know, yeah, the endorphin release and everything like get like so hot to the point where you're like you know I can't handle anymore and then you shock yourself in the cold water and you're like you know you get out and you're just like Ooh, like you feel like a pile of mush it's great wow
0: but it's wow, hard wow wow to yourself to go in the
1: cold water <laughs> count me
0: out but it
1: sounds it sounds miserable until you when you do it like when you do it you're like oh I'm gonna do this every day I see it's like it's probably it's my favorite thing to do over there and it's pretty cheap like if you were gonna do that in America you know it costs a hundred dollars to like have a massage for like half an hour here Mm-hmm. So, you're going to do a sauna. You have to buy a day at the spa or whatever. It's expensive over there. It's like the membership for the year, which is like you get a discount every time you go, was $30. <laughs> and then every time I go now, I'm paying $12 instead of $19. You know what I mean? So, that's gonna, wow. going to wow think It's going to be like it's totally worth it. So, <laughs> I'm excited. No, for real the winter they have to like chip away the ice in the fjord so you can go down the ladder. go cold so are
0: you worried about the river sweeping you under the ice
1: no um in that and you just hold on to the ladder like you're not gonna be there
0: you're not swimming
1: (laughs) now you're swimming now it's nice um it's it's really cool to like because in Florida now, like, the water is so shallow until you're, like, out, out, and it's not, it's like bath water, you know? It's not really refreshing. <laughs> Plus,
0: oh, like, that's refreshing to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, funny.
1: You, know, you got all that allergy and stuff. So for this, actually, like, two weeks ago, I didn't get to see them, but they were, um, they were dolphins in, like, the fjord and stuff. Right?
0: Oh, Wow. So, Dolphins? Yeah,
1: dolphins. They said sometimes there's uh, whales <laughs> There were dolphins they
0: saw. Whoa! That's awesome. Nice. I hope you see a whale. That would be so cool. I've always wanted to. So I'm get, uh, putting that out for y- there for you. <laughs> but hopefully it doesn't touch you because that would be scary. <laughs> yeah.
1: It doesn't come that close.
0: It's like <laughs> in the distance. But. So funny. All right. So before we go, I want to ask you a little bit about your YouTube channel, which you did mention a little bit before. It's mainly there to um, put your podcast out, but you're putting out like shorts and I've seen you put out a lot of other videos. Um, So I was just wondering, what is your, what was your goal for your channel? Like when you first started and how has that developed to where you're at right now?
1: When I first started, I wanted to make cooking videos that kind of have like the, you know, people people will tell you how to do something, but they won't tell you why you're doing it. So I okay. wanted to, because I think once you know why you're doing something, it gives you the freedom to change the recipe and tailor it to what you want to do. Um, and people are also, they're very, nervous about that especially when it comes to baking because you're like oh my god you know I have to add exactly this right amount or it's gonna be so fucked up or whatever so I wanted to show like this is why you're doing this you know like salt in a like I'm actually gonna come out with um one about a uh, homemade pizza dough because Joshua Waxman did one And I've been looking for, like, a pizza at home pizza dough recipe for a while, but, like, I I mean, I guess I haven't really been looking that hard, but also, um, you know, like, it drives me nuts when I see these at home pizza dough recipes and they put, like, fucking yogurt or something in the pizza dough. like Yogurt? Yeah, like, if you're gonna make... I'm too dead. Yeah, if you're gonna make a pizza, it should be flour, salt, water, yeast, right? But then you have to talk about, like, he, his recipe is actually very good. Um, not to give away the whole review, but he didn't explain certain things. He didn't explain like, you know, salt isn't just there for flavor. Salt strengthens gluten. So if you have too much salt, your dough's going to be hard as a rock. If you don't have enough salt, oh. it's going to be as chewy. Like you need to, if you add the salt directly to the yeast, it's going to kill the yeast, <laughs> like very they're not... You know, it's just good to know when you're making it. So when you, you know, when you add the yeast water to the dough you should always just mix the salt in so you're not directly making it hit that salt. Um, Yes! And if you, you know, it helps you troubleshoot, like, maybe this is where I went wrong. Um, But the recipe was actually very good, so something to look forward to. And then when I, I started the podcast because I realized like people weren't really watching. Number one, I'm a terrible, like I learned all my video editing skills, like, you know, on YouTube like, <laughs> during the pandemic. Too so, funny. Like, um, you know, my retention rate, not so great in these long-winded, uh, you know.
0: Unless uh, someone is really trying to like make that pizza dough from start to finish. It's not more of an entertainment video, it's more of a, this is, pay attention.
1: (laughs) And then they, uh, you know, they started um, doing shorts, maybe like a a year after I started, and um, maybe less. So then all the focus, all the traffic goes to shorts now. It's like, Mm -hmm. so the idea is to kind of like try to get your reach uh, up with the shorts, and then maybe then they'll get a full-length video and their notifications and watch it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but once I got to the point where I'm like, it's kind of, it's very hard to make the cooking content, especially if you don't, you don't have the funds. Like, I don't have the money to go buy uh, another camera or, you know, do all this stuff. It's even hard with the travel interviews. I'm trying to figure out, like, mm-hmm. what I could do the most what's the cheapest way I can do it quality so (laughs) so I could get the other angles like just use them um because battery is such a problem with cameras but um so true (laughs) so I'm trying to uh, do that but also um I forgot where I was going oh so then that's when I was like you know I would really just like to talk to people about it so that's when I started going with Oh well, I can't. I can't make a cooking video about the industrial food complex. You know what I mean? Like, what <laughs> is that? So, <laughs> so, so there. Shit. Why? You know? Because I got to tell, Like, uh, like well, a person I would really like to talk to is someone that like makes flour. Like someone, um, maybe from like King Arthur or something. Because you talk about like pizza. Like you don't want to use bleached flour when you're. Using pizza, but if I add that into that video, that video is going to be like, <laughs> you know, 15 minutes on bleached versus unbleached. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, like, so true.
1: Just, you know? So, and rich doesn't mean we're adding stuff in; and it means we're taking a bunch of shit out and going oops, and then adding it back in. Like, <laughs> so, it's a lot, a lot of information you can't put in a recipe. That's where the podcast. Yeah. And there's fun stuff awesome. too. I interviewed um, the owner of uh, Pat Steaks in Philly. It's one of my favorite uh, interviews that I've done because he's such a good, like, orator, like storyteller. And I'm sure he's been telling that story forever. But um, I'm dead.
0: But yeah. if it's good, why? <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. Um, you know, the food history stuff is a lot of fun too. So, it was just a, an avenue to like and learn to learn so much more as I go. Mm-hmm. So, I really want to mm-hmm. just you know, stick with the podcast more, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. And um mm-hmm. seriously, keep sticking with that because the concept of your podcast is so awesome and I haven't listened to every episode obviously or not even close, but the array of guests that you have and the topics that they cover is just like—I mean—you're doing the Lord's work out here for real. Uh, it is so cool.
1: <laughs> uh, that's my my next goal. Is I I feel like you get so much more out of having conversations in person. Um, even just in my travels, like I I just meet the most interesting people, and I'm like, oh, I wish I was a podcast. <laughs>
0: so fair so true can i record this (laughs) oh too funny but then you get to invite them on later you're like you know i loved all of that will you please just say that on camera for me (laughs) the people need to know
1: uh, yeah it's so hard to do um for me anyway it's hard to like there's nothing like the reaction you have from new information like it's hard to like fake that reaction again and I don't want to do fake that reaction again Mm -hmm. and um, I hate I hate asking people questions that I already know the answer to you know
0: yeah that's true and it sounds like you know the answer to everything for real well food related (laughs) but not the sous (laughs) vide not
1: the how many oh interesting fact the, uh, the chef hat is actually called a toque
0: Oh, yay! fun fact for right. the end. <laughs> nice. That's
1: why you see the floppy ones and then the ones that stand up, because as you get to fold, it stands up.
0: Oh, stop. Really? Yep. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. I love new facts. OK, we heard it here first, if you didn't know already, because I sure didn't. Shoot. <laughs> All right, so this is a question that I ask everybody on the show and that is, what is the wildest thing that you've ever done for YouTube? Um...
1: Hmm. I don't know, I think the, uh, probably the most controversial, controversial which I didn't really mean it to be. I had this, made a Popsicle video where I'm in, like, a bikini in the first part. I've seen it. (laughs) First, my idea came from... Have you seen uh, Legally Blonde?
0: Yeah. Love that movie.
1: So, my idea was to, like... That she has, like, her Harvard interview tape. So, I was going to do, like, a little spoof on that with the hot tub and stuff. Yes but the audio recording the hot tub was too loud and I couldn't figure out how to like make it not loud and then I have it I'm trying to do that and like the ice pops are like melting and stuff oh my god no
0: (laughs) and
1: so then I wound up the first part I just kind of did it as like like a goof and I went with it and I got such like like I had like my boyfriend's friend like DM me and like put some clothes on, like, and I was like, "Bro,
0: O M G, stop!" I was
1: like, literally, like, not even the most trappy thing.
0: You've never seen a swimsuit before. Like, like what do you no, think this is? Lingerie? <laughs> this is literally outerwear.
1: <laughs> so that I mean, that was probably like the most recent controversial. Probably like the the strangest one. That I got a lot of like backlash for was uh, my pickled egg recipe.
0: <laughs> oh gosh, because people don't like pickled eggs.
1: I I think the people I think a lot of people just don't like the idea of pickled eggs because I'm not sure how many people have actually tried pickled eggs. Because um, I honestly thought, "Ew, gross!" when I first saw them. Um, they're actually, like, a bar snack in Philly because of the Amish.
0: I was just going to say, it's from, it's, like, a bar thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the Amish pickle a lot of eggs, and then they sell them to, like, the bars in Philly and stuff, um, and it's also, like, an English thing, I think, too. Um, and to me, I tried it, and I was like, you know what? This is good, but it's too big. Like, it's too much. yeah. And I was like, if we could make this bite size, it would probably be really good. So I made pickled quail eggs because they are very small. And it was good, but the farts, man. You had one of those and you were farting. I'm dead. (laughs) No! That's (laughs) so funny. Oh, so I couldn't, I was like, I can't do this to like everyone around me. So then my boyfriend wound up eating like all of them and like, two days and i I was dying i was like thank god i'm going on a trip tomorrow because i can't like go sleep on the
0: couch poor dude (laughs) (laughs) poor guy that gets that was a lot of salt huh
1: (laughs) i don't i think it was just like a mixture of like the pickle and like the sulfur of the egg you know like Mm -hmm. oh yeah but the, the yolk is so much like it's so buttery like you don't expect that in a pickle, and um I think if you like like the soy sauce egg in ramen like you probably love, yeah, so like you probably like, that's a that's a form of pickling, so it's just like different flavors
0: hmm, that's funny that that was controversial, <laughs> oh my gosh, the internet man. Alright, so before we go I was wondering if you wanted to shower us with a little bit of advice It doesn't have to be about YouTube and it doesn't have to be about cooking but if you feel like you want to give some cooking advice go right ahead
1: (laughs) Just, you know make sure you're doing what you want to do because, like, try everything you want to try because someone else wants to do that thing you're doing that you don't want to be doing and they're going to be better at it because they actually want to be there so, don't waste your time doing shit you don't want to do. Just figure out how to do what you'd like to do and make money <laughs> so you can live. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be a lot of money, but like I'm flying right now because I love to travel. I love to meet new, interesting people. And I wouldn't be able to do that if I was still in the kitchen. And, you know, kitchens are in basements and you're working 12 hours a day with the same people. So, mm-hmm. like you know, figure out how to follow your dream. You know, I'm still figuring out. My next step is, um, I want to have a homestead and have all my own, grow all my own food. Um, make content in the homestead and show people how to grow their food and cook it and then have, because it's a homestead, like, um, have, like, some Airbnb areas where I could, people could come learn how to grow food and then also have the podcast there. So, you know, that's seems like a pipe dream right now, but at least I know. You it know, sounds you
0: gotta, amazing.
1: You got to figure out how to get there. But mm-hmm. don't, don't give up because these are, these are tough times and I can barely afford, you know, this fucking $20 mic. But, <laughs> you know, don't give up.
0: <laughs> yes. All right. Before we go, I'm wondering if you have anything else you want to promote.
1: Um just the podcast, and uh, if you are in Norway or somewhere and you want to be on the podcast, um, definitely looking for interesting people to talk to, so reach out.
0: Heck yeah, and listen to the pod. It is so good. I can't wait to dive a little deeper into more episodes and including... Um, the forager? Oh my gosh. Sign me up for that one. I am so hyped.
1: He's even more interesting because he's not just a forager. He has his uh, doctorate in organic chemistry. Um, and he's, he's so interesting. Mark, Mark, uh, Meriwether Van Buren. He goes by, uh, the medicine man. He, he's a, he's so interesting. Um, he invented like he patented this thing, where he figured out <laughs> that cinnamon, the chemical like structure of it, could be used to um, prevent like uh, what is it? corrosion corrosion on underwater oil drills. Whoa! <laughs> like, That's so random. He's just, like, a brilliant man. Like and he's for like, real. Like, but he has his own supplements and stuff, and he's just such a, uh, like, an interesting guy to talk to. Um, I feel like he's blowing up now, so it's, like, kind of hard to get a hold of him, but good for him, man. Like,
0: yes, and yeah. good for us. We get to hear the episode. <laughs> uh, too good. I will have all of your things linked in the show description. So if anybody wants to check out Chef Grace, you can do that here. All right, everybody. I will see you guys next time, Chef Grace. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us and shower us with all of that knowledge. And now we know more about chef hats or toques. Or wait, togue. What is it even called? A toque,
1: yeah, that's right?
0: A toque. T o q u e. I
1: think it's spelled.
0: Got it, and we are all smarter today. Thank you, Chef Grace. Bye. <laughs> it was so fun. We're rolling, by the way. Oh. Oh, you're holding your mic backwards.
2: <laughs> Once again. <laughs> At least we're not like a half hour into recording this time.
0: I know. I got. I got eyes. <laughs> okay. I'm
2: only halfway here today Because I'm watching my fantasy football teams so Ooh. Welcome to week one of the uh, I should
0: turn mine on Of the too. football season Oh, I'm watching an ad right now On Trivia Crack So that I can have an extra turn against you Because I got this stupid answer wrong uh, I just The time pressure gets me So let's start That's so bad. Okay, I'm uh, fully here but also I am very tired because <laughs> I did in fact go out last night and I woke up in a pretty decent hour I'm not really a sleep inner even if I
2: No I tried to encourage a sleep in but it didn't happen Yeah
0: cuz I took the dogs out to the broke, dog park woke up
2: it's so if you've ever seen like a you know an animated Like a scene from an animated movie where somebody wakes a bear up from hibernation. The Uh bear's not usually so happy about it. That was Brooke getting out of bed this morning. I
0: felt she
2: was snapping and snarling. I felt
0: bad. I apologize. Brooke came out. Sincerely, Brooke
2: came out of a slumber swinging. And
0: I knew it. And you were being so sweet too. And I was like, please. My stomach hurts.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's how it was. Uh. You're just like, Logan, I just need a couple minutes to wake up and I just don't feel so good. It was more like... Oh, hey,
0: Jose. <laughs> Not even true. Not even true. Well, okay, true. But also, hey, I was really, really nice for like 15 minutes. Okay. And then I was like, I can't handle this anymore. I'm sorry. Like, can you just get away from me? (laughs) It was nice. Like, it was just... Like, can you just make me food already? Like, I... (laughs) I was just wanting the food.
2: (laughs) And I did, eventually. I mean... After I got done crying. Stop. <laughs> Once the sobs subsided, I've made her food.
0: I am dead.
2: I'm blinking twice. You can't see me because we're not on a video, but I'm blinking twice.
0: And I'm rolling my eyes <laughs> and moving on. We had Chef Grace on the pod this week. So we have a mutual friend in our life who is a chef. Shout out Chef John Keeley. Brooke's
2: best friend.
0: No, he's not my best friend.
2: Well, that's clear because you didn't know his last name.
0: Oh, I was gonna cut that out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He beat Bobby Flay.
0: Yeah, he is awesome, and I used to work with him. He like managed the kitchen, and he was really cool, and also scary. But, like, the best of the best for, like, everybody respected him because he was just, like, so good at what he did. He was just a chef, and he, like, slaved his life away for be like, being the best chef, and it shows. And everybody respects that. So that's why, like, he keeps a tight kitchen. He knows flavor. He knows what's good, what's done well, how everything should be. It
2: was crazy. I mean, the kitchen upstairs was, like you know a restaurant kitchen but then what set them apart is the downstairs kitchen at the resort he had access to this enormous prep space that was like half of the basement of the clubhouse where they had multiple walk-ins they had in like specialized ovens industrial size and then a staff that could i mean they could they made everything from scratch
0: yeah Like, well, he had pretty much a chef for everything. Their pastry chef, shout out Chef Abby. Chef Abby. Honestly, what a good pastry chef. Like, she was also someone who just, like, the whole heart is in it, in the craft.
2: The cookies that Chef Abby used to make were insane. Mm -hmm. They were a highlight of my life working there.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. There were always, like, it was, like, every day. She knew I was down for a taste test at any given moment. She'd be like, you want to try it? And I'm like, well, you know, that's a yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's,
2: like, any given day, there was three flavors of cookies. And, you know, like, a lot of the time chocolate chip was in there. But there were some... She went some... She had some crazy good flavors. Mm -hmm. Like, I think there was, like, a blueberry oatmeal one day.
0: That was... That was the best one and the most requested. So I worked like in the selling department of her cookies and blueberry that blueberry oatmeal one and the cranberry one of that. Oh my was always requested. And I like she loved the feedback. I love chefs. Like I really respect them. That's why I was so excited to interview Chef Grace. Um, so It's really, like, her podcast is really cool because she talks to a lot of chefs. She talks to, like, growers and stuff, too. But she does talk to um, a lot of people in the industry. And, yeah, it's a really good idea for a podcast. Okay, so Chef Grace said that there's no such thing as vegetable. So I looked it up and...
2: I mean, I guess it makes sense because we call, like, lettuce a vegetable. Lettuce is probably, like, a grass.
0: First, you have to identify, like, what is a vegetable and a vegetable or, like, a vegetable versus a fruit. Because my immediate thought was, like, well, then it must just all be fruit. And then we, like, think this is the, like, the spicy ones and these are the sweet ones. But I was, like, it can't be that simple. So I was, like, what is it? Like, are vegetables real immediately? Right, Yeah. (laughs) And I found out through a few sources that I ch- I checked this, don't you worry. The fruit of the, the plant is just the reproductive part. Technically, yeah, they're all fruits. That's the simple explanation. But the reason that vegetables exist is, first of all, it's now just used as a culinary term and it's just like really easy to identify things. But it um, is because... It's a legal thing, and it's decided by the government to extending. Of course. <laughs> and tomatoes, the legal definition of a tomato is it is a vegetable. Really? And it has it's, to do with importing. And it's governed
2: as a vegetable? Yes. Well, because fruit is taxed totally differently, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. it comes down to taxes, yes. huh? Oh, Fucking A. Of
0: course real. it does. Um,
2: All right. Lay it on me.
0: <laughs> Can you read this to the audience after what about tomatoes? Right there, while I fill my water.
2: You've probably heard it both ways, but legally speaking, a tomato is a vegetable. In 1893, the case of Nix v. Hedden was argued before the Supreme Court. The Tariff Act of 1883 imposed a 10% tax on imported vegetables, but fruits remained tax free. It was a case of scientific definitions versus social associations. The court determined that the tomato should be considered a vegetable because of how, because it was the most commonly used. The court determined that the tomato should be considered a vegetable because it was the most commonly imported, air quotes, fruit. A valuable result for the US Treasury. So that was 1883. Have you looked up like what the taxes are on importing fruits and vegetables nowadays? No, I think fruits are taxed higher,
0: but yeah, look into NYX versus Hedden if you want to know more.
2: You know, it's nice to have a couple legal precedents up your sleeve, it really makes you sound it's ridiculously intelligent when you can break out a legal precedent. In a so true, bar conversation. So true, people are like, Okay, man,
0: okay, before I did say that, um, teachers, soldiers, and truck drivers don't get paid enough. I do believe that about teachers and soldiers, but I really didn't mean that as a group. I don't know about what truck drivers get paid and what it's like or anything. They do get paid like a reasonable amount, I believe, but honestly, I just meant that the three of them were under like appreciated. Like they, they have us on their backs is what I'm trying to say that we appreciate. But anyway, moving on,
2: especially teachers.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, respect.
2: Truck drivers, they get paid, but the market will pay them. Yeah,
0: right. Like, I'm not talking about pay. I'm talking about appreciation. So that's why I'm correcting myself. They don't
2: get the respect they deserve, that's for sure. And they don't get the respect that they deserve from the American people when it comes to driving. Like, on the road, they don't get the respect they deserve because those trucks are dangerous and they're carrying super valuable commodities and they're really heavy oh like my they are not to be trifled with and people will stay trifling they'll like cut them off and like swerve around them to get around them because they move slower than the rest of the than your car might but like you yeah, those trucks are not to be trifled with and they will go out of their way to avoid hitting your car at the expense of their own equipment that's worth way more than your car's worth and carrying a load that they're responsible for that could be worth two hundred thousand dollars or more
0: what do you mean trifling like people trying to mess like, with
2: like yeah well or yeah they'll like swerve they'll cut them off they'll do dangerous things around trucks
0: hmm. rude please don't be that like person.
2: yeah like coming into construction zones or like where where lanes, you know, like a, like you must merge, so people try to gun it past and cut over a truck driver, like cut off, because they don't wanna get stuck behind a truck. But.
0: I hate getting stuck behind a truck, but I let a, a car go between us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know.
2: Well, the, yeah, I mean, and the real danger is being in front of a truck, not behind one. Mm-hmm. Because you can stop faster than they can.
0: Let that be a lesson to all of you and us
2: if you want to show your truck drivers if you feel truck drivers are underappreciated like we do just show them just like one shred of respect when you're driving anywhere near one
0: yeah shout out to them the ogs
2: because they risk your life their lives every day to make sure your tomatoes look pretty and red in the grocery store
0: yeah chef grace said that Like, doing the sauna to river, the river plunge, will help you live longer. Hot to cold? No, she actually, I think she did cold to hot. I don't even know. I bet it's hot to cold. But I only looked into the cold because there was nothing for the hot. Hot to cold? I feel like she just does that for the pleasure. Yeah. To be honest. I don't know, but you could probably release toxins and stuff, but to live longer, the heat does not, is not effective. The cold, however, is proven to help you live longer. It's crazy.
2: Maybe that's why our families have such a history of longevity.
0: Yeah, for real. Because we lived
2: in the Midwest.
0: Because they're just always in hibernation and like always going out in the cold because they have to.
2: And here we were fooled into thinking they were eating their vegetables. When first of all, vegetables aren't even a thing. And second of all it was the cold <laughs> oh my it gosh. wasn't the vegetables at no all. that's
0: why if you're you live in a, wh- a hot place you should expose yourself to cold water apparently hmm. uh because it's true you want to know why i tried to really get into it but i just don't know that much about this stuff and i couldn't i couldn't comprehend a lot of it yeah so. there's a lot of
2: like chemistry and yeah, stuff
0: exactly so, I'll, I just tried to make it really simple in, like, my terms. So, I said yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cold exposure does help you live longer. The cold activates protozoan activity, which helps cleanse cells and breaks up protein clusters. There you go, everybody. If you want to look into it, you can. Look up <laughs> what protozoans do and, like, look up plunging into cold water and, like... Living in the cold, in cold climate, there's a lot there, but I just put it is a yes. <laughs> she was right. Okay, so this is a math question because I know there's some math here and I'm just not going to do it, so I'm going to ask you to do it on air. All right. Okay, so Live. she said that she had a $30 membership for the year to, to do the sauna by the river, and then whenever she went, it was twelve dollars rather than nineteen. So how many times per year did she would she go to make it worth it?
2: You're asking me for break even analysis
0: right now? Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. So it would be nineteen, but she has a thirty dollar a year membership that makes it twelve. So she's saving seven dollars. So it would be the fifth time she went in the year the membership pays for itself.
0: Oh wow! So she probably goes like five times a month at least. Yep. Nice, that's clutch. But
2: she only saved $30. Oh, that's not true. So if she, how often does she go? I
0: don't know. Seemed pretty regular.
2: So if she went once a week. Because
0: she's not there all the time.
2: If she went once a week, she would save like f- almost 400 bucks throughout the year, minus mm-hmm. her 30 Nice. So like 350 bucks.
0: Cool.
2: If she went once a week.
0: Absolutely. If you're going to go that much.
2: That would be a... 10x ROI. That's just like one of those things though, like you know when, you know those videos on social media that they talk about like (laughs) the, like how women save money and they talk about all the deals they got. Oh, the girl math. Right. Yeah, the girl math. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's that's a very strong instance of one of those. You know, like wow, she saved 350 bucks throughout the year. It's a total no brainer, but she still spent. $500 500 or $600. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. That is girl math. She's, <laughs> like, she spent.
0: Not to damn for the vibe, but everybody, if you don't know, my mother has cancer. So, if you would like to help financially, that would be really clutch. And that's where I'm going next week. I'm going to Arizona where she's getting treatment. Holla.
2: It's been really awesome people have been very supportive so far and so 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 many people have stepped up to help out and it's so tough because your parents are so so hesitant to accept that kind of assistance from others you know they're just so they're proud people and they've taken care of themselves for a Mm -hmm. long time and they just need a little help right now yeah and it's a hard thing thing for them to accept but That's why we're collecting the money, is because then they won't have a choice to, they won't be able to give it back. But the truth is they've been giving it back for a long time and they just need us to step up and help out.
0: Yeah, and they are clutch, I will say. And they always do their best and they really always have. So I don't know, it is hard to ask for help sometimes. So (laughs) we are doing it for them. Holla. <laughs> so yeah, if you feel like to help, that would be really clutch. If you like the show, that would be really good support.
2: And even yeah. if you don't have the means to financially help in this scenario, like just go and read the just go and read the story on the GoFundMe. It's a really good read, um, contributed by, you know, some of Brooks' siblings and mm-hmm. some stuff from uh, from Claudia herself. Mm-hmm. And um, please share it if you feel the mm-hmm. the uh, if you want to help, but you're not in a financial situation to do so. We understand that. I mean, it's we understand that. Yeah, so, um,
0: and that is not. It's, don't feel you're doing bad at least as don't. much. But
2: by sharing it as anybody's doing by real. actually donating.
0: Yeah, for real, for sure. You have no idea. But anyway, <laughs> we had to shout that out because what we said.
2: <laughs> yeah, shout out, Grace. Um, I learned more from you than I have from, you know, our every plate recipe cards that have taught me a lot. And <laughs> yeah. I've learned a lot from you as well. So I feel like I'm, I'm a better chef today than I was yesterday.
0: Let's go. i became and a I... better chef working around Chef John.
2: You've become a better chef because you use me as a chef.
0: Oh, so true. i became a better chef since we got together. No doubt. You too. (laughs) I'm not sure about that. I think I've
2: actually regressed. I think so too. I used to be a pretty good cook and I am not as good. Hmm. Although I feel like I still have it every once in a while. But I feel like I, I just miss more often.
0: I know. Right? I, don't I just
2: like that. I still have like I can still make some great food, but I feel like I miss more often than I used to.
0: Mm.
2: You do not.
0: Sometimes, but not often. Brooke is we'll a bucket
2: it. in the kitchen right now. I've never and tried it is white chili. Nutty.
0: I think that's what I'm gonna do next. Some good old white chili. Well. When it gets cold. I bad. can't
2: wait. Someday you'll have to expand into cooking a little meat.
0: All right, we're <laughs> cutting it up.
2: Oh. You think that's in there? <laughs> no. I'm going to hold my mic up to it next time.
0: All right. Anyway,
2: we need a We have track. to go.
0: <laughs> bye. Oh,
2: we need to get out of here.
0: Baby, say bye. Bye.
2: Bye. All right. We'll do bye. It. I'm literally holding my breath. Oh, yeah.